Hello friends, Happy New Year, and welcome to Virtual Strangers Week 40. I'm your host Wes, with me as always, my good friend Roots. Roots, it's 2020 buddy, does it feel any different? Yeah, it feels totally different. I think, uh, I don't know, I feel like we're about to have flying cars any second now, and I'm about to go get my uh, Elon Musk chip in my brain, <laughs> and everything's going to be beautiful. You know how it feels to me? I am tired, son. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> feeling the drag from putting together that monstrous four-hour special, the 2019 show, still going strong on the Virtual Strangers channel from a few days ago. If you haven't checked out the 2019 show, friends, uh, it's one of our best pieces of content, in my opinion, that we've done. Uh, hilarious. Uh, very, uh, very entertaining. And if you haven't checked it out, obviously you're not going to catch it all at once. But uh, now's the time to get started on it. And if you start on it now, you uh, you may have it finished by the time that we get the 2020 show up next year. <laughs> you know, Roots, uh, one of the things that uh, we did on the 2020, or I'm sorry, the 2019 show uh, was, was our New Year's resolution. And um, there was one pretty prominent big resolution that I that I've made for us as a channel uh, that I forgot to mention on the 2019 show and that is I want to start reminding people more often to please subscribe to our channel you know you watch any of these other channels out there when they when they have a video they always start the video by asking the viewers to subscribe they always end by asking the viewers to subscribe and I, I know it comes off a lot of the time that we don't really care whether or not we get subscribers or views or all that stuff and uh, that's not what we mean at all when we say stuff like that we do care it matters a lot for us to uh, to keep building subscribers but uh, when I say stuff like that basically what I'm trying to say is it's not everything you know it's not what we're here to do we're here to make content for you people but it absolutely means everything to us to be able to keep growing because it's that growth that enables us to uh to continue to improve our content you know so uh absolutely an important thing i'm going to try to remember it roots every week try to help remind me to start every show by saying please friends subscribe to the channel if you haven't already uh it helps a ton more so than i've uh than i've uh, done a very good job of conveying so far so yeah you're batting 100 for 2020 you just did it this episode and uh um, i'm gonna put out there from this one forward it's going to be uh it's gonna be easy for you so yeah uh we, we kind of came into this thing last march uh we didn't have we didn't set goals you know we our goals were to one learn how to make content for youtube two build a community and three get better every week and i think that we've achieved those goals check check and check uh we're making some decent content now we are still getting better every week and the community we've built uh it's awesome so i think we've done a good job right yeah that's the best part i think that the best where we're most successful is the community so uh, just because i think I, they're I awesome so yeah so uh with those goals now fully realized we're going to set some new ones uh going forward into 2020 and we're not going to obviously be very vocal about every one that we have 
But uh, the next one on the horizon is the uh, the big 1,000. The big 1,000 subscribers. Uh, we just, you know, smashed past 600. Uh, we were kind of slow getting to 500, but from 500 to 600, we have just, I mean, pretty much a, a month's time, maybe five weeks, we've put an extra 100 subs on. Uh, we want to try to keep that pace up. If not, continue to uh, grow even faster. So, uh, again, you guys that haven't subscribed, uh, please consider doing so. And those of you who have, help spread the word. Get us to 1,000. That's our next milestone. And once we get there, uh, you're going to start seeing some real changes with our content as we uh, continue to grow going into the future. All right. Uh, so so here we sit, Roots, on episode 40. Uh, not much news to talk about this week. I mean, uh, everybody's gone home for the holidays. There haven't been any games really announced. So I thought we would do something a little bit different with episode 40 than anything we've done before. Uh, in the absence of fresh game announcements and news, uh, you know, on, on the 2019 show, we opened up with this segment called... Uh, the uh, VR, past, present, and future, or something like that. And we did the past and the present pretty well, but uh, we didn't really look forward into 2020 uh, all that much in the interest of time. So I thought that with today's episode, uh, Virtual Strangers Episode 40, I would address the state of VR in January 2020. And uh, when it comes to the state of VR in the past, you know, people have questioned it. You know, we've heard the uh, the cry of VR is dead more times than I care to to uh, uh, to speak about. It even hurts me just saying it there because I'm so sick of hearing it. Uh, but that that sentiment has largely died at this point. And when I talk about the state of VR in January 2020, I can say unequivocally. That the state of VR is strong. So, so what has uh, changed? Why is the state of VR so strong going into 2020? Well, you're looking at the main reason right here. Uh, the release of the oculus quest back in may of this past year uh has largely changed the attitudes of uh not only consumers in the vr space but investors as well uh, proof positive new orders of the oculus quest headset ordered on uh, the oculus website aren't expected to ship until mid february at this point and um for that matter, uh, the the brick and mortar stores are all sold out as well. Roots, I was expecting a strong holiday for for VR in general, but uh, the fact that Oculus Quest is back ordered here until the twentieth of February, they're saying uh, that's astounding to me. Yeah, that's crazy. And what's funny is what's more astounding to me is um, I, I'm seeing, seeing people asking in Reddit why 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 is mine not shipping till february and like i i just like they just came out of the in the open and they're not knowing what's going on but man these things like you said this is i think it's 
I had to explain to them that people are still ordering. It's still getting pushed back, right? I mean, we might see them go back into March um, if people keep buying them the way they're buying. And as soon as they become available uh, at Best Buy or Amazon, it, they get snatched up, um, or at least the Best Buy ones, right? Yeah, we're starting to see uh, uh, what we're starting to see the fruits of what has apparently been a very successful advertising campaign by Oculus. Um, because, you know, not only have we seen the commercials kind of everywhere, but you're starting to see, uh, the, the product itself seep into pop culture, not only in the larger, uh, gaming websites on, on things like YouTube, but like on Twitter and the social media, like I saw, uh, on Christmas or, or right after Christmas, uh, LeBron James had put his mother into an Oculus Quest and it was showing her reaction, uh, to VR for the first time. And for every LeBron uh, that you see doing this, you're also seeing 10,000 just normal people doing the same thing, putting their mom in the VR. And, uh, you know, word of mouth is a funny thing because it, uh, it can build momentum very quickly. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. Especially like you said, with like LeBron's and stuff, you know, that you got people watching his Twitter and watching, you know, seeing that video, all of his fans, um, people talking about it, people maybe that didn't even know what that, you know, I'm sure they talked about it on ESPN. Uh, they had to have done some kind of a, a, a talk, um, a bit on it or a, a segment. Um, so it's just one of those things where we're starting to see a lot of celebrities, a lot of people that have influence. I've even seen like um, Summit 1G, you know, he's a... Um, He's on Twitch and he he's a Counter Strike uh, pro and he's now starting to stream some um, VR and his girlfriend, Little Chipmunk, is, <laughs> it's a stupid name, but um, they're both big Twitch streamers and they're both starting to stream uh, VR and as well as their other stuff and I'm starting to see it in a lot of big name YouTubers as well are starting to do some video um, videos as well. So I think we're at that point where. Um, it's taken off. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're, you're seeing it everywhere, especially on YouTube. Uh, there seemed to be an initial spike in demand, and then the supply kind of caught up to demand for a little bit, and then it really blew up heading into the last couple of weeks uh, before Christmas. And um, demand uh, seemed to increase right as we got up to Christmas right as we were getting into Christmas. And I think a lot of that has to do with the launch of the uh, Oculus Link uh, wired PC connection. And uh, while Quest works great in a completely wireless mode, uh, if you can connect it to a compatible high-end PC over a USB 3.0 cable, uh, the Oculus Link beta allows direct access to expansive PC VR games such as Valve's highly anticipated release, Half-Life Alex, And I think after the uh, tested video, when they demonstrated that uh, Half-Life Alex works great on an Oculus Quest, uh, we saw it blow up again, and we saw demand shoot through the roof and, uh, and stock diminish at that point. Yeah, and there really is a, um, a belief in the uh with a lot of people that the oculus quest is the best way to go 
Like when people say, what's the best headset I can get? What should I get? Um, they'll say that because it's versatile. And I, I disagree hundred percent. It's not the best headset out there for that reason. It is. Um, but they, they really believe that they'll, they'll just, they'll argue hands down. You need to get this one because it's also portable. And, um, you know, so there's, it's a lot of them are selling out like that for those reasons as well. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my, my take on this really quickly. Uh, you, you've got the, the quest owners that are all saying, Hey, this is obviously the best headset because it's so versatile. And then you have the PC guys are saying a hundred percent disagree with that. It's the worst headset because it's so uncomfortable and so many hoops you got to jump through to make it a good experience. It's, it's one of the worst. Uh, my stance on this is it depends. It depends on who you are. Mm. It's, it's the best headset for that guy. It's the worst headset for Roots. Circumstances vary from person to person, and what each person uh, values varies from person to person. Uh, you, can see, you can see it every day on Reddit. For example, uh, I, every time I go on Reddit, there's some guy on there who decided to go with Rift S over Quest, and they brought it home, and they plugged it into their laptop, their gaming laptop, and it doesn't work. And the reason being is because in order for Rift S to work, the display port has to connect directly into the graphics processor. And if it doesn't, for whatever technical reason, it won't work. So that guy is screwed. His Rift S doesn't even work. So uh, obviously, he would have been better off getting an Oculus Quest, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially in that particular instance, because the Quest will work um, on that laptop where the Rift S won't. You know, but my thing is, is the argument that I make as far as it not being better, the Quest not being better than the Rift S is it's just not, fidelity wise, it's just not better than it next to the link because of the, the you know, the um, them having to uh, condense it. And then also not, even if you took that out of it, they say it's between the CV1 and the Rift S. And it's not that it's not good. It's just for me it'd be taking a step backwards and it'd be less comfortable so it, exactly. it just it would just wouldn't be a smart thing for me to now you know if i and i don't th i don't believe that the oled thing is that big of a deal on 99.9 percent .9 of the games you know you might find that one game that it's like oh man this is so much worth having the discomfort of this other headset um i just don't think most times you would Oh. Well, see, you, you said it all there. You said for me, that that would be a step, a major step down. That's exactly my point. For Roots, it would. Roots has a, a killer top of the line gaming PC. He's an experienced VR veteran who who uh, who plays the highest end of everything. Obviously, the Quest is not for Roots, but for every Roots out there, there's another dude out there who doesn't have the, the top-end PC, his PC might play some VR games, and he might uh, it might be more important to that person to be able to take his VR and play it with his friends mm. outside of his home. To that guy, the Quest would be the way to go. So whenever anybody puts these posts up there, which one should I get? I always say the same thing. It depends. It depends on you. It depends on what you want. Here's the advantage of, of this one. Here's the advantages of that one. Uh, 
pick accordingly. You know? I just tell them pick Cosmos. You know, if you're going to ask me, <laughs> if you're going to say give Roots the decision of what, because that's the whole thing that I baffles me. Like, which game should I get? What headset should I get? Well, fucking which headset do you want to get? You know, it's just such a frustrating thing, right? I don't know. Uh, I was going to take the high road during the uh, State of VR episode and not bring HTC into it for once. But uh, since you brought it up, man, how bad are those guys doing? They're knocking a, a hundred bucks off of their headset for the next week and still nobody's going to buy it because it's obvious that those guys could care less about commercial VR. They, they kind of just developed this headset as a token to show the gamers, hey, we're still making products for you too, but they don't care. If they cared about the gaming uh, aspect, they would have figured out inside doubt tracking by now, at least to make it as good as WMR. But they have it, and I honestly think they could really care less about it. No, oh, they got the mod coming, dude. You know? <laughs> right. They're going to you know, leverage that Valve technology to the end of time, right? Right. Well, and the thing is, is one thing that uh, HTC is good about is is gouging their customers. So it's one more thing you got to buy. And I hear 300 people... 300 bucks or something like that. Two or 300 bucks to get that add-on. Yeah, so you can have the tracking. It's essentially, and this is what I was trying to tell somebody in the Reddit, is like there's no place for it. You know, if you're going to get the Cosmos, you might as well get the Index. And if right. money's an issue, you might as well get the Rift S because you're going to save several hundred dollars. There's just yeah. really no reason to get that headset. It um, it just baffles me. It baffles me for a lot of reasons. Yeah, if it was $400... I still don't think I could uh, recommend it to someone, right? Because it doesn't work as well as it should. Well, the controllers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're like you've said before, you're gonna smack someone upside the head and knock them out because they're so heavy. The batteries don't suck, um, or the the that battery life rather. So, yeah. all right. Well, I'm going to try we, to we, get away from we, this. We failed. We failed at not trashing HTCs. <laughs> Um, you know they brought it on themselves so yeah. put put out a good product that's semi-affordable for the common person and uh, i'll change my tune but uh until they prove me uh, until they prove otherwise all htc cares about is commercial applications the commercial market and um you know prove me wrong but uh back to oculus quest uh the the major turning point of 2019 uh, you know, we can debate all day whether or not it's the right headset for this person, that one, or the other one, but it's not debatable that the fact that it's sold out right now is a good thing because what the Quest was intended to do was make VR not only, uh, you know, affordable and easy to use, but it's uh, it was really intended to accelerate uh, demonstration. Because the only way that people can ever really learn uh, how cool VR is is by trying it. And by putting all of these quests out into the world, uh, now people who normally wouldn't ever play video games are getting to try VR for the first time. And it's so easy to use that anyone can use it. Any non-gamers can use it. Even old guys can play VR now thanks to the Oculus Quest. 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, good for the old guys. So happy for them, you know. They're coming into their the uh, the last stages of their life, and uh, what otherwise might have been a very miserable existence, now they can play VR, or they can even just uh, jump into VR and, and watch YouTube, which is, uh, I would imagine, is pretty exciting for some, someone like that who's uh, grown up through the Great Depression and, uh, and uh, you know, is, is amazed by color television. I imagine that uh, YouTube VR is going to uh, blow them away, right? Yeah. What about uh, Earth, um, Google Earth, man? Like being It'd able to be take great. them to, take them to places, you know, and stuff that they've maybe they grew up in or whatever. I just think that there's so much VR can do so much, um, especially for the elderly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and standalone VR, especially. Uh, so I look forward to the growth of that platform, seeing what the next iteration is going to be. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, they have a couple of models next time around. Now that we've hooked the uh, average consumers, the next generation, there's going to be a market for high end standalone, right? right? You would think, you know, if people really adopt into the, uh, gen one quest the way that we think that they're going to by the time gen two rolls around there's going to be a market for a better product and uh hopefully we'll get one uh but uh you know quest isn't the only uh headset showing commercial success this holiday season valve index also sold out and i think uh you know when you combine the fact that uh the quest had such a sales boom after uh, Oculus Link. When you combine that fact with the fact that this thousand-dollar VR kit sold out in a matter of days, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that whereas not 2019 we were talking about the Asgard's effect, in 29 in 2020 we're going to be talking about the Alex effect, right? Yeah, I agree. You know, and it's funny what a lot. Of, I've been hearing a lot of people tell me that, uh, oh, you know, it's not doing that well it's it's just they just didn't make enough or whatever um just kind of downplaying the sales right um but how do they explain that the success of like uh all the games that are just making shitloads of money all of a sudden you know boneworks beat saber you know all these millions of dollars they didn't come out of nowhere i wasn't hearing these stories last year you know what I mean? Because the headsets weren't there. People weren't buying a shitload of these games. Um, so, I mean, this is a very good thing for uh, future developers are now looking at this saying, oh, maybe VR can make some money. Yeah, yeah. The software sales are just another piece of evidence of the state of VR being strong this year. Super hot specifically uh, just came out uh, a few days ago and announced that they had done two million dollars of revenue in a seven day period now this is super hot vr uh one of the first you know big uh popular successful uh vr games this game is three years old roots it's been around forever everybody already has super hot dude i already had like two or three copies of it myself well. but you know that said I bought another one for Christmas for my quest. So I was gonna say, um, dude, you're gonna people are still buying them, right? This game is is super successful. Like I even I went back into it today and uh did a let's play because somebody was asking me for one on my channel. And um 
and there's new levels that I didn't know. Like I there's I was like playing it. Well, first off, it was asking me to do a grab some disc out of the computer screen, and I'm like, I don't remember that. And then when I went in there, all this shit's going on, and I'm like, I really don't remember this at all. And then it dawned on me, oh my god, there's new levels. Um, so I think that's cool. Yeah. And Alex was asking in the Discord, he's like, I don't understand why they're not making a second one. Well, fuck, man, I do. They're still making millions of dollars working on this one. Why? You know what I mean? As long as you're still selling and, you know, why not keep working on it? Yeah, they can make a second one. And I guarantee it's probably already in the works, you know? So. Well, I mean, with the money that they're making on Super Hot VR right now, it could be finished. The sequel could be done. Why would they release it and, and cut the revenue off? Because people are going to buy the sequel whenever they put it out. Yeah. But they there's they have no incentive to put it out until people stop buying Super Hot the first one. You know, and I've said this before on this program. Stop buying Super Hot, people. We're never going to get a sequel, and then I turn around and buy it myself. Right. Yeah. Well, you have to. You know, it's a new game on the new platform, and. How was it? Have you played it on Quest yet? No, my my. I promised my son that I would wait and let him finish it first because he's playing it every day, uh, and that's the one downside with any Oculus platform is they don't let you have multiple users. There's only one user, which means there's only one save, unless the developers implement something in their games with uh, multiple save slots. Uh, Super Hot only has one running game on it, so uh, I told him I wouldn't jump in there and play past his spot because it's his first playthrough of super hot mm. so uh i'm gonna let him go with it and when he finishes it uh i'll go in and check it out cool but uh yeah uh you know two million dollars unheard of for a game like this you know it was a huge milestone achievement and if a vr title could gross even over one million dollars just a couple of years ago uh, and grossing over $2 million now in just a week is obviously an indication that we have come a very, very long way in a very short time uh, in VR. Is, is, that uh, all, is that all on the Quest, do you know, or is that... Uh, no, it's across all platforms. I'd be interested to know what percentage was Quest, because I guarantee it's probably over 80%, per, 80% you know, which is huge because that tells you how many people are have the Quest, right? Um, that's just, uh, it's crazy. I really hope to get some real numbers from Oculus this year. They never release hardware sales numbers, but, uh, I mean, in, you know, this episode that we're doing here today is just uh, circumstantial evidence that VR is really, really hitting a new plateau now. And, uh, I'd like to see some real hard numbers on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of great numbers and more circumstantial evidence, Boneworks, you mentioned it a moment ago. Uh, you know, as, as surprised as I am about Superhot doing $2 million in a week, I'm just as surprised about Boneworks. You know, uh, they, their advertising for this was pretty much done exclusively on one YouTube channel uh, over time. Uh, there were no trailers. There was just uh, occasional you know, uh, footage through the node channel and, uh, Boneworks got to a hundred thousand units sold way faster than Beat Saber and Beat, Sa Beat Saber is supposed to be the standard for success in VR. Uh, what Beat Saber did in a month, 
Boneworks did in a week. Uh, were you as surprised by that as I was, Roots? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I was surprised, but not because, uh, like I said, all those index players are they're looking to play something, and this was when this came out. It's made for the uh, their controller. It's got you know as far as the um, using the hands and stuff. So you have all those index people all ran out and bought this, and that again to me tells you how many um indexes are floating out there as well not that other obviously i've got a rift s and i bought it well i guess i didn't buy it i'm i'm playing uh someone else's copy but um but yeah so i don't know it's it's definitely an indication of of what how many headsets are being sold as well yeah so super hot does two million in a week it's estimated that boneworks did three million in its first week and uh it wasn't very long ago that if a game did three million in a year that it was news and uh, here we have boneworks crushing it in a week um again it, it took uh it took beat saber a month uh to, to uh achieve um a hundred thousand units and they they were at twenty dollars not 30 mm. like boneworks um to put some perspective on this uh boneworks launch was so successful relative to the other vr games on steam that it ranked in the highest tier of Steam's best of 2019 virtual reality ranking. What that means is despite Boneworks being launched two weeks before the end of the year, it had earned enough revenue in two weeks to be comparable to the sales numbers of games that have been earning revenue for the entire year, like Beat Saber, Gorn, Superhot, Pavlov, Blade and Sorcery, and Skyrim. So in two weeks... Uh, Boneworks is on their level. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's yeah, a testament how good this game is, right? I mean, every yeah, time. and a testament to uh, how um, how effective an unconventional advertising strategy can be. You know, like I said, they didn't really promote this thing, and still people bought it. And I think some of it, at least to some extent, is the Alex effect. I think that uh, a lot of people associate boneworks with valve mm -hmm. because you know the, the developers are are close they they do uh, see a lot of one another and uh, you can tell that a lot of what boneworks did here is patterned after half-life yeah man i wish i could turn my arms off in this game those arms are so weird dude and so in your face and you know i just uh hopefully they'll eventually patch that uh into where i can have the option to just have my hands well they are they are uh working on it the, we'll talk a little bit more about it here in a little while but they've patched it once already they're getting ready to patch it again and they're working on more content for it hmm. going forward into 2020 wow but i wanted to bring them up and, and they're just massive you know early sales for this game because that's one of the biggest surprises of uh december for me but i thought vr was oh wait no that that joke's over <laughs> anyway uh you know Awesome hardware sales, awesome software sales to point to. Uh, it has led to a, uh, a reversal in consumer confidence when it comes to VR. And whenever you have a reversal in consumer confidence, you have a, re a reversal in investor confidence. And what we've seen over the last couple of months is uh, these big businesses who's, uh, who, who, whose livelihood depends upon them recognizing trends in the market and investing uh, 
you know, being the first to invest in it, we're starting to see uh, different uh, types of corporate investment in on every level in, in VR. And, uh, you know, I said during the a, a recent episode, it may have even been the 2019 show. I, I can't write, I can't quite remember. Um, but we were talking about haptic gloves and uh, I made the comment to you that I thought we would more likely see neural interfaces uh, come to market before we saw an effective, uh, an effective haptic glove come to market. And when I was looking at some of the news stories to put into this 2020 uh, State of VR episode, uh, I realized that that was a mistake. And I'm sorry. Uh, because uh, uh, I, I learned that uh, Haptics has secured uh, $12 million in funding to develop their haptic gloves. And when I, when I was talking, you know, during that episode about these gigantic Infinity Gauntlet style gloves, uh, these were the ones I was talking about, the, the Haptics version. Uh, haptics is a producer of Haptic VR gloves recently announced it secured $12 million in its Series A financing round. Um, the Series A financing brings the company's total funding to $19 million, coming from uh, uh, a, a group of different investors from NetEase to Dawn Patrol Ventures, uh, Taylor Frygon Capital Partners, Upheaval Investments, Votive Capital, and Kiritsu Capital. Uh, Roots... This thing, uh, it doesn't look like a viable commercial product to me, but this is just round one. They've just uh, collected nearly $20 million to uh, make V2. So uh, apparently if people are seeing enough potential in this that they're uh, they're putting their money where their mouth is, right? Well, yeah, and the big thing before maybe was that there wasn't enough people in, in VR yet to make it worth investing in so a lot of people are rethinking it and like you said uh there's a lot more interest in the consumer and so um the investors are going to want to spend money it's always somebody that sees more than everybody else sees and hopefully they will make these uh monstrosities a little bit smaller i'd like i'd be settled for the same things without the fucking tethers on there man i don't need two more tethers on there but uh yeah those are huge I'm assuming they're probably even, this is like a year or two old, this the thing I could um, only find. So I'm sure they're even smaller than that by now. Well, the, the reason why those tethers are so gigantic is because there's so much capability in these gloves. These are by far the most uh, capable haptic gloves in the world. Uh, but the, the big thing about these right now is they're not, really intended for commercial use or for uh, consumer use this is meant as a, a, a industrial applications things for uh, different training applications uh, that's at least that's the way they're headed with it now you know haptics as a company has previously worked with other companies such as nissan to bring touch to its virtual vehicle prototypes mm. uh, fundamental surgery has uh, to support its gloves in the company's VR medical training platform and all Nippon Airways tangible research and shadow robot company to integrate haptics into a telepresence robot. Um, 
Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, uh, also apparently thought that the experience was pretty compelling, too, as he called it really impressive in a recent demo. And as with most cutting-edge uh, technology, uh, they plan to show off their latest uh, innovations at the uh, CES next week. Oh, cool. So we won't have to wait that long to see, huh? No, uh, not only uh, haptics, but, uh, you know, just as I said that these weren't viable because they're so big, infinity gauntlet-sized things, just right after I say that, Tesla suit comes out and unveils their new haptic gloves just ahead of CES. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, CES 2020 is going to be the first stage for the Tesla suit glove to make its first public debut now roots tesla suit already has a full body haptic suit the gloves are just the latest addition that to really complete the set and it uh while it might not be quite as uh as capable as the haptics gloves uh they're a lot more lightweight and it looks a lot more like something that i'd be interesting interested in trying right yeah yeah actually sounds really intriguing i'd like to try the suit as well you know it looks pretty intriguing. Well, the cool thing well. about the, the suit is it's actually, uh, I mean, as far as these types of things go, uh, affordable. You could probably buy one of those suits uh, for less than $2,000. Oh, wow. Um, the gloves, though, uh, from what I'm hearing, and, you know, I'm, I've heard different things, but uh, from what I'm hearing, those gloves are going to go for about five grand at launch. Wow. Yeah, so we'll, right. we'll have to ask Mame Fan how they are. And let's see if he likes them, right? <laughs> right, right. He probably knows all about them, right? Yeah. Uh, the Enterprise Focus gloves have been designed to make VR even uh, more immersive with a range of specialized features. These include haptics on each finger for texture and touch and an exoskeleton providing force feedback, thus allowing grasped digital objects to feel like they're really there so what they're talking about here is each finger has a uh, uh, restraint on it so when you're grabbing things in the the virtual world uh, it won't allow your hand to close and that works in con in conjunction with uh, things uh, haptics in the fingertips and palm to make it actually feel like you're grabbing something and uh, you know we've talked about it many times with the uh, with VR, the one thing that is really missing is the feel, to be able to feel things in VR. And uh, even if this takes 10 years to uh, come to fruition, uh, I think it's going to be groundbreaking when we're able to feel things in VR. Oh, yeah, dude. Think about it. You will never, I mean, if you would get rid of racing wheels in VR because you would have, I mean, you'd be grabbing a real wheel as far as you think, and it would just, it would change racing in VR for everybody because most people can't afford the wheel or they don't have it. And if you don't, then most racing sucks. So that's really cool. It is cool. And you know, another thing that they've implemented specifically into the Tesla suit gloves is uh, biometric feedback. So what they're able to do with that is they're able to uh, pretty much, I mean, in, in a gaming situation, they would be able to determine your emotional state. If you're being uh, affected by what's going on in the game, are you scared? Are you excited? 
we already have games that do this. Uh, Nevermind comes to mind. Uh, that game has a feature in it uh, where it, it kind of tests you to see what scares you by uh, the heart rate monitor that you attach to yourself. And then if something affects you, uh, they, they take advantage of that. And the, the, the content in-game adjusts to what scares you. Uh, that can only go to the next level when you start talking about haptic suits and tactile feedback in gloves uh, paired with biometric feedback. Uh, not only, you know, uh, intriguing the uh, applications for gaming, but you're starting to kind of see where this might actually have a really profound effect on training, uh, you know, what it's intended to do, you know, training medical professionals and, you know, emergency responders uh, could get great training in something like this, right? Yeah, yeah, we we'll take the next, or even, you know, like the Walmart break room, you know, when they're, no, I guess yeah, that's not too much, but yeah, they've got, uh, there's a lot of implications of what they could use this VR for, um, not just gaming for sure. Yeah, so we have haptics uh, drawing nearly $20 million for the next version. We've got Tesla suit trying to beat them to the market again at CES. And then we have Bebop sensors who have been around for a long time with their haptic gloves. Uh, in years past, their haptic gloves haven't had very, uh, very much application uh, from a consumer standpoint because of very low compatibility. But uh, they're coming back to CES this year with an update that shows their Forte data glove to be uh, compatible with Oculus Quest, Cosmos, Vipro, Focus Plus, and uh, Varjo, as well as Oculus Link. So, uh, you know, we have the, the most basic existing haptic feedback glove uh, now finally uh, expanding its... Uh, it's it's compatibility to all consumer headsets so they can say that this is uh you know for professionals all they want but it's obvious they're moving in a direction to make this available for consumers right yeah sounds like it you, i didn't hear you say rift s though in there maybe you just omitted it but uh b-box sensors has confirmed that Oculus Rift S, Windows Mixed oh, okay. Reality, HTC Vive Cosmos, Vive Pro, Focus Plus, and Varjo are all supported as well as Oculus Link. Mm. Well, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, I, I just think that it'll be really cool to see what they can do with it. You know, like obviously he's pulling a gun or a trigger on the gun, right? Um, yeah, these these ones are very basic. What these ones have, there, I don't think there's any force feedback here. But what these do have is they have uh, actuators in all five fingertips as well as your palm to give haptic feedback. And then they have um, uh, haptic sound. So they use sound to also provide sensation in your hand. Hmm. Uh, it comes preloaded with 16 unique haptic sound files, and you can load more onto it via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Uh, so, uh, you know, I could easily see this thing coming to consumers in the next year or two for a, a semi-affordable price right there's not a whole lot going on here in terms of uh of actual technology it's all software right yeah where would it plug into or is i guess they're wireless it's wireless yeah mm. yeah Wi-Fi and bluetooth i mean i guess the biggest your biggest 
problem would be software integration, you know, as far as, you know, having them and not having anything to use it for, but as providing the games actually start to integrate it. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I think so too. It, it looks fairly basic and, and, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, game developers have shown, uh, if you can make a neat toy, they'll support it because they're, they're like, you know, they're kids like the rest of us. They want to see what they can do with their game, you know. So if, if you bring them something cool, uh, I mean, there's these, you know, you have these $3,000 VR treadmills that, uh, that uh, no one has in their home, and yet they're claiming support from, like, Arizona Sunshine and Skyrim already. You know what I mean? So uh, that just goes to show that it doesn't have to be commercially viable to get these developers to play with it because uh, developers, you know, they love VR just as much as the rest of us. Anyway, that wasn't the point. The point of all these gloves uh, was just to demonstrate investment in VR is at an all-time high or at least uh, at a high since the initial round of investment pre-launch, you know, 2015-2016 investment may have been on this level. I, I wasn't in the space at that time but during the time that i've been in vr i've never seen such investment uh from the uh corporate side uh than i have recently right now uh more proof of this comes from the company uh dynamo who just secured seven million dollars in funding for the development of 3d digital human capture technology so what this is is the kind of stuff you see facebook showing off all the time with their realistic avatars obvious uh, social implications here for this as well as uh you know video content you know we're, we're talking about the future of storytelling in vr uh well if people are going to act in vr movies like agent emerson for example or the or the future you know iterations of this type of thing uh it's going to depend heavily upon this type of capture technology isn't it yeah i would imagine and it'll be interesting to see what they can do if they can actually create like a a whole uh movie or um you know experience with it you know yeah yeah you know we're seeing we're seeing it now starting to see the uh the beginnings of interest from hollywood you know, not only when it comes to filmmaking, uh, but distribution in VR. And I think that a company like this, a startup uh, like Dynamo, and for those of you wondering, Dynamo means twin in Greek. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of potential here. I think that if, they're, um, if their technology is as good as it's reported to be, that in the coming uh, months and maybe years, You'll see them get picked up by a Facebook or an Apple or one of these larger companies that are interested in building these uh, social media platforms and other media platforms as well. Um, for the record, Dynamo is involved in creating high-fidelity 3D characters from a single selfie or scan. Also dubbing the end result as a Dynamo. The company says you only need to upload or scan a single photo from a smartphone, which is then created into a ready-to-animate, personalized 3D character in as little as 20 seconds. 
Wow. That's pretty impressive, right? That is. It's a little scary, too. Like, you just take a snap picture of somebody, you can animate them and pop them into VR, man. You can become you whoever go. you want. Uh, yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty, uh, <laughs> think about it's the memes. Interesting, dude. the applications for such, uh, such technology. Some very believable deep fakes can be made in, uh, some, uh, applications for those are endless, right? Well, yeah. Well, what if somebody like created the, if you went into a VR chat and it was all you, there was just a whole bunch of Wes's in there walking around and you'd be like, what the hell is going on? I can just imagine, um, or, you know, it'd be all Miley Cyrus's in a room or just, it's got some, there's going to be some weird shit going on in there. Trust me, Roots. I've envisioned this Miley Cyrus room more than <laughs> one time. And, uh, mm -hmm. the day that it becomes reality, you're in there, the right? day that we go to monthly instead of weekly on yeah. this show. Yeah. I'm sorry. We can't do the show anymore. We're too much <laughs> into, uh, creating, uh, people's faces, but no, it's actually really cool. I think it'll be kind of interesting. Now. I don't, I don't know. I've as me though, I'm not going to go in and make a picture of myself. I'm not going to go in. I think that's weird. I think it's weird to want to go into VR chat as you, but then again, I create my guy to look just like me. So I don't know, man. Maybe well, I well, here, here's the application for it. And here's the thinking behind it. Obviously, if you're going to go into a public space like VR chat or rec room or alt, rec room or alt space, you know, it's kind of better to have fictionalized characters. But uh, when you live halfway across the world from a loved one who you never get to see, all of a sudden, there's a whole lot of value in having a lifelike avatar, right? Yeah, but what if you like you could uh, you could mess with your your family, you know, and you could like like go in as your somebody else, but it's you know, I don't know, man. It's just weird, you know. The day that they start messing with the voices too, then there's nothing. Nobody's gonna know who anybody is or who what's real, and what's it, not. Dude. It's already done. Uh, <laughs> like I, I'm not going to get off on that tangent, but it's all done, dude. They can, they can make your face say whatever they want. They can make your voice say whatever they want. It's already nearly perfect. The AI is that good already. Yeah, what a good way to uh, cover stuff up, too, right? So, oh, it was that was one of those deep fakes that really didn't happen. Nobody's going to know what's <laughs> what's real and what's not. Well, that's kind of the point, right? They don't want people to know what's real and what's not. But that's another story Different. for another day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, we've said it. We said it on the Facebook thing, man. It's all done. Might as well just quit resisting it. They they have all the info. They have all the data. You know, uh, uh, if we try to resist, we're only holding back our interest from the real evil ones in the world who already have billions of people to collect data from anyway. So, uh, you know, what's going to be is going to be uh, just keep our eyes peeled, stay educated, and uh, and uh, try not to stress too hard over uh, the death of privacy mm -hmm. uh, in the 21st century. All right, moving on <laughs> mm -hmm. to a happier subject, Qualcomm has unveiled a new chip. Now, you know, Qualcomm's been developing mobile chips forever for every kind of mobile device uh, that you can think of. But we have Qualcomm unveiling a new chip developed specifically for next-gen standalone VR. Now, if there's anything that I could point to that shows uh, 
an interest, an investment, a trend in VR. It's a company like Qualcomm starting to uh, develop of their own volition products intended to bring about the next generation of VR. Roots, this thing is said to uh, support 3K by 3K displays, two of them, two 3 by 3K displays uh, at 90 hertz, not 72. Uh, integrated 5G support, accelerated AI processing, and up to seven simultaneous tracking camera feeds for user and environment tracking. True next-gen standalone VR routes. Uh, unfunded. You know, this is just Qualcomm saying, look what we can do, VR manufacturers. Uh, I think this is pretty impressive, right? Yeah, and like you said, it. I mean, just the fact that they're doing it on their own, and like you also said, it's unfunded. Um, that means it's all out of their pocket, but that means that they believe in the uh, product, and it's it's smart because you know, look at how successful the Quest has been, and if they can be the make this next chip just be the chip that everybody wants for all the who knows how many different companies make portables. Um, you know, they're, they're just thinking ahead, you know, they, that's, there's a reason why they're making chips for all these different types of mobile phones. They know what they're doing, right? Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of the point here. This is uh, the state of VR in 2020. And, uh, like I said, leading into this segment, investment from companies like Qualcomm, uh, it's their business to stay ahead of the trend and they wouldn't be making these products if they didn't already know that the trend for VR is going like this right here. So uh, this, this chip specifically is called the XR2. In 2018, they introduced the Snapdragon XR1, which was the first chipset specially made for AR and VR headsets. Uh, the latest iteration, the Snapdragon XR2 5G, uh, while XR1 was made to support low-end devices, XR2 5G targets high-end standalone headset, making it a candidate for an Oculus Quest 2, Magic Leap 2, so on and so forth. Um, it offers up many notable improvements over Snapdragon 835, which is what most standalone uh, headsets, uh, AR or VR, are based upon uh, today. And, and just the fact that we're getting an increase from uh, four cameras to seven, at 3,000 by 3,000 simultaneous displays at 90 hertz. Uh, it really says a lot about how powerful this thing's going to be, right? Yeah, how expensive do you think it would be? How much is it going to cost? Uh, I think it's going to be a high. When you heard me a moment ago talking about how there's going to be a market next generation for a high-end uh, standalone, I think if we do have that, it'll be based on this right here. Now, let me ask you this. Um, say they make one that's like a thousand dollars and it's just badass and it's just next level on every level, but it fucking is uncomfortable as fuck. What do you, <laughs> you know, like, what do you do? Cause I still, I'm still want to know why, man. Like at some point they could have just put it on, tried it, said, Oh man, this is kind of uncomfortable. Let's, let's pat it here. Let's put some counterweights in the back. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't get it either. 
But, I mean, that whole thing's overblown, dude. It's not that uncomfortable if you just get a, through a, a, a VR cover and put on it. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, but it's the really thing not. is, is, like, if I went out and bought a Rift S and I had to go out and, and put, brought it home and put it on and I was like, oh, man, this thing's... I better go buy something extra. It's like, man. Anyway. Well, here's, here's my thought on that. You know, uh, CV1 wasn't uncomfortable. And we went and we bought something extra for it anyway, right? We bought the same thing, the VR cover. And if they come out with one for Rift S, nope. which is already the most comfortable VR headset ever made, you're gonna you're gonna buy it, right? I'll, you're gonna I'll get buy it anyway. It, but it'll be for the sweating and for the other reasons. But uh, I don't. <laughs> but know. it's still sweating, comfort. You still have to buy another product. It's the same difference. Yeah, yeah. I guess to some extent. <laughs> Quest hate, it's a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's just baffles me, man. I just there's certain decisions, you know, it's like why? Oh yeah, I agree with you there. It it is baffling because what what what's really baffling about it is the earlier iterations, the Santa Cruz, you know, prototypes had uh, had some had better weight distribution. Some of it was on the back instead of all being in the front. They chose to change it to all in the front. That is baffling. Yeah. This is weird. Because it's so, such weird. a good headset, you know, it's just the little things that it's like, why not just tweak it? So. Hopefully, hopefully they, uh, I'm sure there's a reason. Hopefully they find better solution next time around. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, you know, notably recently the head of Xbox uh, basically shit all over vr and said that he wasn't interested in it and people kind of took that as microsoft as a whole uh just kind of missing out on the potential of vr and where the future of vr and where it's going but uh you know once you get a outside of console doesn't seem to be the case because recently uh the developer of uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator in an interview with the Austrian newspaper Der Standard uh, the, the head of Microsoft's upcoming Flight Simulator 2020 revealed that VR is now quote very high on the list of priorities mm -hmm. and uh, Microsoft's, Microsoft's tone on supporting VR in its next generation flight, flight simulator seems to have shifted over just a few short months time back in late September the uh, Microsoft team told youtubers that it would not be included at launch but would maybe uh, come later and just a few months later they're all of a sudden saying it's very high priority for them roots uh, another sign that uh, the future of VR trending just like this turning on a dime and now everyone's seeing the potential, right? Just like those planes going up. Yeah, man, I see the potential of wanting to play this game, man. It looks beautiful. But yeah, just, three months ago, I was just looking at an article. And it was like, they were, it wasn't just, I mean, they were pretty emphatic. We're not doing VR. Like, fuck you, man. We're not doing it, you know? And now all of a sudden they're like, whoa, 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 we're, we're doing it. It's very high on our list, you know? Yeah. And it's, I, I think it's just like anything else. They, they, 
three months ago, four months ago, they really did. They really believed VR is dead and the sales have shown otherwise in the last month. And now they're saying, oh God, you know, we really need to get back. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next six months to a year, you start to hear Xbox start making backpedaling remarks as well. I mean, they've already got their fucking tower anyway, dude. So you can just hook the their Xbox tower or whatever they're calling it. You know, it looks like a tower. Uh, yes. It's three times as more powerful, I think, as the Xbox One S or Xbox One X or whatever. So it can run VR. Um, all they have to do is make it able to hook up with, say, Oculus. And uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe that rumor's still floating around out there, right? Yeah, it could be. Uh, yeah, it could be a smokescreen. Obviously, obviously, if it come out, you know, uh, at say E three and unveiled, you know, Oculus Rift support after crapping on it all this time, it would be a big headline, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying huge. I think that that's what's going to happen, but it's certainly feasible. Yeah, it would be cool though. I'd love to see Xbox players because I, you know, I always see a lot of X. Like when I go into somebody's house and I see a PlayStation, I'm like, whoa, this is an open door. So I'll always ask them the same thing. Where's your PlayStation VR? You know, and then it just opens that dialogue. And I, you know, I have to come at them a little bit differently with the Xbox people, you know. So they're just not. I got to say, too, this this flight simulator intrigues me. As I was uh, looking into it, you know, and reading up on it, apparently these developers that, that are behind this thing, have experienced developing in VR already, and um, this uh, this particular version of Microsoft Flight Simulator is going to be built on high resolution uh, satellite aerial photographs. So it's not just uh, a video game. This is going to be like flying a plane through uh, the next generation of Google Earth. I mean, it's really going to be like flying a real plane. If they can implement VR uh, support into it, it's going to be just a, a next level experience. And uh, while I'm not in to flight sims per se, uh, that's very cool sounding to me. Would you pick it up? Uh, probably, unless yep. they just put like a two hundred dollar price. That's tag what I was going. That was my next question. What if it's two hundred? Because every flight simulator that I see that's worth anything is expensive. I, I guarantee this will be like 150 or something like that. I don't know. I I, I would be tempted to pick it up, but man, like, <laughs> what is that, dude? That's a hundred and fifty dollar game, dude. Like, are you trying to kill roots or what? That is not. That is crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not really just a game, especially when you talk about this level of simulation these things are generally used to train pilots mm. and uh especially if you're going to integrate vr into it i imagine that'll be used to do just that do you think you could actually like legitimately learn how to fly a plane on, on this thing and then like spend a year just playing it in there and then just jump into a plane and take off and uh, i think that you could to uh to an extent you know the ones that uh that uh these aviation schools use and the military use are uh, integrated with uh, with uh, you know simulated cabins that move and really pull and tug on your body mm. to simulate the full experience like we always talk about how VR lacks the feel of real life 
they they accommodate you know that by uh, having you know seats that move and spin to uh, exert force on your body to simulate the real experience. Mm-hmm. So that's what Je- Jeff Bezos has that in his. He's got like an elaborate, like a real like we've got the wheel, and he's got this whole fucking airplane shit. You know that'd be cool, man. That's why you want to be a billionaire. That that kind of thing. Oh. For sure. Yeah, dude, you should. You, I couldn't imagine what kind of toy box I'd have if I had money like that, dude. Yeah, I'd, I'd never get anything done. I'd go broke. I'd, I'd I, quit work immediately. I would at least have one of those chairs with the seat belt that tightens for VR <laughs> at minimum. So, yeah, me too. Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator not the only evidence that uh, Microsoft uh, recognizes the trend in VR. Uh, sometime within the next six months. Uh, they're going to launch Spaces for SharePoint. And what Spaces is, is a, uh, a, a, a tool set, pretty much a digital tool set for uh, people to uh, make uh, VR environments. It's a, basically an environment creation tool to create virtual spaces. And that's why it's called Spaces. And uh, again, th- this was uh, Spaces for SharePoint um it was announced at uh the sharepoint virtual summit back in may 2018 uh they that's when they announced it they recently announced that it will uh be released sometime within the first half of 2020 uh with spaces microsoft is aiming to provide point and click simplicity uh letting users create immersive environments on the fly by using media such as 3d assets 360 photographs 360 video all of which are stored in sharepoint folders so again here we are roots uh more professional tools just like with dynamo and the other stuff we were talking about being developed for vr and companies like microsoft don't waste their resources developing things like this unless they see a, a very real and emerging marketplace for them. Yeah, just like with the flight sim, you know, if they don't feel like there's a reason for it, something's changed in the last three or four months, Wes. I don't know what it is, but all these companies are suddenly thinking it might be a viable investment to invest in VR, right? Yeah, yeah, even Adobe. Adobe, uh, you know, the the company behind uh, Photoshop and Adobe Premiere, Basically, Adobe, the, uh, the the company who's the number one name in digital content creation today, uh, they just acquired Medium from Oculus. So Medium, uh, the uh, basically the the tool suite from um, for making three D models from Facebook and Oculus, uh, just purchased by Adobe just like a month ago or something. Uh, the Oculus VR sculpting too. Uh, I mean, just, you know, just more evidence of what we've been saying, right? That uh, for a company like Adobe to to put their money where their mouth is and buy something established like this, it just speaks to the the trend uh, of VR becoming prominent in uh, everyday life going forward. It makes you wonder what they're going to do with it. You know, and how much did they pay? That couldn't have been cheap. 
you know. I'm sure it wasn't, especially when you're dealing with someone like Facebook. Uh, I'm sure it could. And then Facebook did retain uh, the ability to uh, include this software with Oculus Touch. So all people who activate Oculus Touch, uh, they're still going to receive this uh, toolkit. Um, at launch, Medium included a range of tools for making and forming 3D volumes. Models could also be painted with spray paint-like control. Uh, the app also supported exporting of models so that they could be refined in other common 3D modeling and texturing tools and ultimately used in production projects like games and films. So that's what this stuff is used for. That's the, the real value here is that these models can be used to make uh, films like we recently saw with the, uh, the Lion King. Uh, 3D animation, 3D films. Uh, that's what this thing is used for, and it's one of the best, if not the best, tools in the world to do so, and Adobe obviously recognized this. That's cool. Agreed. So uh, there we have, you know, what, 45 minutes of, to an hour of me talking about corporate investment in commercial VR applications. Uh, obviously, uh we're seeing similar investment in the gaming space. You know, we, we, we always uh, report on it when these rumors come out about this gaming company developing a new game or that one developing a game. Uh, just this past week, uh, we have gotten news of another Ubisoft studio posting job listings for a brand new unannounced AAA VR game. Uh, with its 35-year history, Ubisoft Reflection Studio has worked upon the company's biggest video game IPs, including Watch Dogs, Tom Clancy's Division, and Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And while other Ubisoft studios have worked on VR projects, this is going to be the first time for this Newcastle UK-based studios. Uh, no further details have been released just yet on what the VR title might be, uh, but with Ubisoft Reflections looking to fill four roles, build engineer, lead character artist, technical artist, and VFX artist, um, the latter two postings do refer to this video game being uh, a AAA VR project, indicating that this will be a major production roots. Um, just more of the same from Ubisoft. I think... Among all of the AAA game developers uh, out there, I don't think any of them have embraced VR quite the way that Ubisoft has, right? No, and they um, they actually have a lot of good titles in the flat games, so they have the ability to bring almost any one of them into VR. So I wonder what game, you know, that it, they're talking about. It makes me really curious um, to see if it's going to be like uh, an established uh, franchise, right? Yeah, well, I mean, when they start, when you start seeing stuff like this and you take it into account with the recent job listings that they had where they announced they were building a 50-person team to uh, work on a, a, a VR game, a AAA VR title with one of their flagship IPs, they said this, mm. uh, you start to think back to that rumor we heard back in the summer about Ubisoft signing that deal with Oculus to uh, bring 
Splinter Cell VR and Assassin's Creed VR uh, to Oculus platforms. You know, Ubisoft has a bunch of VR titles already, so we don't know for sure that that's what this means. But it sure looks like that's what this means, right? Yeah, and those are, that's going to be so huge, and and it's it's the timing, man. It's like everybody's now aware of what's going on and now is the time for people to see these big titles coming out especially once with alex coming out everybody it i'm sure it does amazing all of a sudden you start having all these big announcement announcements of huge games ones that people know of um and they can actually get excited instead of having the that's fucked up bullshit i don't i hate it it's vr i want assassin's creed out of vr it's going to be received differently than Alex was, right? Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. But, uh, you know, only time will tell. It's really still too early to know what these are going to be. But, man, you know, they've already done Assassin's Creed games for uh, for uh, location-based VR. Uh, Well-received. They've brought us games like Space Junkies and Transference, Eagle Flight. You know, what else? So they've, they've made a bunch VR games already, um, you, you know, it could be that these are other cross-platform games, but uh, I don't think so. I think that this is probably going to be these Oculus exclusives that we heard of, and uh, will they be Quest games? Will they be Rift games? Uh, I'm inclined to believe that we'll probably see one of each, right? Yeah, and at what point will it be viable to have a Rift S, Wes? Like, because... For some reason, I read a lot and and different people saying that uh, they just they don't give Oculus the credit for all these huge titles and for these being exclusive to Oculus. Yes, you can play it on Revive. You can use a software that sometimes works great, sometimes doesn't work great. I just don't. It's there's something to having the headset that natively plays these games there is something to it is that or am i just imagining this whole phenomenon or is it just me no there is something to it and what what it is is it's um it's team mentality it's it's group think it's uh it's prevalent in pc gaming where people have their brand that they're loyal to and everything else is bad or evil and these very same people that you're talking about that are trying to rationalize not ever owning an Oculus product uh, wouldn't. They wouldn't ever do it because uh, they just uh, they wouldn't buy anything from evil Facebook or uh, or uh, slum Oculus. It. They don't want to slum it in the Oculus world, right? Right, right. right. So th- <laughs> there's there's no winning those people over. So I wouldn't sweat it too much. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, you know, other than Ubisoft, we also know that Archeac, Fire Sprite, Sony London Studios, and Sony Japan Studios are all currently working on unannounced projects. So, uh, again, the state of VR right now, uh, super strong. Um, you know, we could go down the line of all the, the games that have been announced, uh, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to save that one for the Monday show this week. We're going to talk about the games coming in 2020, but apparently uh, when you take into account Ubisoft, Archeac, Fire Sprite, Sony London, Sony Japan, among many others, 
the future's looking bright for VR gaming, right? Yeah, there's so many titles coming. Every one of those companies you named are huge and have put out good uh, games. So, yeah, it's a good good future coming. And then, and, then, and then we have Valve, right, with two more coming after Alex. Yeah, that's a thing, too. And I really, I really think one of them is going to be, um, what's that zombie one they do? one that i've never left for dead yeah left, I, I just think it i think it is and um i'm excited to see it because it looks amazing at least the old ones do i never played them so left for dead and portal that's what everyone believes yeah i can see it i can yeah, see it because you know i i think people are starting to get past the uh misconception that we can't do that in vr or portal um you yeah. know we're yeah we're getting past the uh you can't do that in VR for anything. I mean, the, the, the developers are proving it. Now we can, we can produce, uh, we can produce affordable hardware. That's easy to use. We can produce games that are on par with flat games. Uh, there's nothing that we can't do. And people are starting to see that they're starting to prove it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, the state of VR in 2020, uh, hard unprecedented hardware sales unprecedented software sales unprecedented development a full gamut of triple a games that are unannounced that are starting to be developed right now uh on top of all of this roots the timing is just perfect because we also happen to be going into the next console generation just by coincidence it's lining up uh, that we're going into the next console generation and even though xbox continues to pretend like vr doesn't matter the birth of a new console generation absolutely does matter because playstation 5 is scheduled to release in november 2020 and has already confirmed complete PlayStation 4 software compatibility, as well as current PSVR hardware compatibility. So even if we don't have a PSVR 2 coming uh, with the PlayStation 5, still a lot to look forward to for the PSVR gamer, right, Roots? Yeah, and that's one of the things that I was telling Anthony on his show um, when he, he had us on is, you know, a lot of people will say, why would you get the uh ps5 and i'm thinking why would you not as a playstation vr person same reason i went out and got a 2080 i want to i want to up upgrade my experience i want a super sample i want to have things to run faster and better and like why would you not and then of course you have all the exclusives even if you could take a game and you could play the same game on playstation 4 do you remember when playstation 4 came out and you could play gta 5 on it or you could play it on ps3 you weren't playing it on three if you could play it on four, right? Like, there's no reason for it. So, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're starting to hear uh, the specs, or at least rumored specs. And we're expecting maybe we'll hear a little bit more concrete info around CES, just like everything else. Uh, the, cur the current rumors speculate that the PS5 is going to be rated somewhere between 9 and 12 teraflops of power. And what that means, just for some uh, scale, the PlayStation 4 was 1.8. Oh, so the minimum 9, 
the top, the high end 12. Damn. And not only is it that much more powerful than PlayStation 4, but they're claiming that advancements in the architecture, advancements in optimizations, uh, a teraflop means more to this generation than it did to that one, mm-hmm. even. So, whereas, uh, uh, it's kind of like the value of a dollar, dollar only in a reverse. It's actually uh, a teraflop uh, means more now than it did back then. So not only is it at minimum five times more powerful, uh, that power is going to be utilized even better. So uh, what that means is even though we're going to have to wait probably two more years to get a PlayStation VR 2, uh, we still have a lot to look forward to in terms of improvement upon our favorite PSVR titles that we already have, as well as PlayStation 5 exclusives for PSVR 1. And that's really exciting for me. Yeah. Do you think one of them is going to be, what's it called, Uh, Stormland? I think that it's very possible. I I wouldn't begin to, you know, bet money on it that it would be. But I think that it's a real possibility. I don't know the, uh, obviously, the details of the contract between uh insomniac and and oculus but uh i do know that sony owns all of insomniac's ips outright uh in per, per, in perpetuity uh going backwards so they, they own all of it so uh very possible unless the oculus contract is uh for uh exclusivity forever uh we're gonna see it most likely or at least some sequel or some kind of iteration of it well it can definitely run run it very well seemingly right yeah you yeah it would seem so this thing is a beast you know um we keep hearing from the developers who are working on this uh ps5 dev kit it's unanimous they say that it's by far the easiest uh dev kit they've ever developed for i mean it's just a breeze to work on this thing and it's apparently significantly better than the xbox one so. wow cool sounds good yeah i'm excited yeah. for november so. yeah yeah and you know we did learn also though recently that uh the way that the architecture structured that if we're going to get these uh increases in quality for our existing games it will have to be patched in, which, you know, that's not that surprising. It was the same case for PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, to, for PS4 Pro to, to have an effect on an existing game, uh, the developer had to patch it in. And they did, so I imagine that they're going to do the same thing. But you could still super sample, right? You could still super sample? You would think so. You would think that, that there would be some sort of super sampling mode with, all this extra power, you know, you'd think that they would enable that yeah. in some way. Anyway, uh, again, just another example of uh, VR being in such a great spot. You know, PS5, PSVR 2, these are going to be a big deal when they happen. For VR, they're going to be a big deal. And uh, it's just right around the corner. Yeah. All right, so I think that's going to uh, wrap up the state of VR address. Again, VR is strong, and uh, I think that it's pretty evident that it's thriving 
in every sector. So when uh, when you hear the naysayers out there poo-pooing it, tell them to shut the hell up. They don't know what they're talking about. Punch them in the, the mouth. The time is now. Punch them in the mouth and then uh, tell them that Roots told you. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't right, do that. Right. <laughs> all right. With all that said and done, uh, we did have a couple of uh, quick uh, uh, news stories this week that I wanted to touch on quickly. Uh, really not a lot going on, but we did hear, like I said earlier, a little bit of news about Boneworks. Um, Boneworks recently received its first proper post-launch update with some bug fixes and a few minor content additions ahead of larger additions coming in the new year. Stress Level Zero also stated that the mid-level checkpoint saves are scheduled to release in a future update around mid to late January. So Roots, uh, we're going to have those mid-level saves in a couple of weeks time most likely. Uh, are you going to go back into Boneworks before then or are you like me uh, waiting for that before you go back in? I won't touch it. I, you know, I've even heard other Alex and other people that have gone in and had the same something happen. And they're like, man, I'm fucking done until this, this mid-level thing comes because I'm just not going to waste my time and spend an hour doing something and have something weird happen and have to start over again. I've already spent too much time redoing stuff, you know, but, uh, well, that's, that's my thing with it is even if there, there isn't something that's going to pop up and kill you or whatever. Uh, my experience with this game and the way I play it, you know, it generally takes me two hours to play through a level on this thing because I I love playing around with stuff. And, you know, uh, even though it's a campaign that I'm going through, I kind of play it, playing it like it's a sandbox. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, it takes me a while to move through these levels, but there are times also that I get an hour into it, 90 minutes into it, and I'd prefer to stop, you know, because I don't feel good, whatever. It starts to turn my stomach or give me a headache from uh, operating with these weird physics so much. Um, and I'd prefer to stop, but I can't because I know if I stop, I'll have to start all over again. I have to play through the level. And, uh, you know, that's rule number one of VR. If you start feeling weird, you don't power through it. You stop. So uh, that's why I'm not going to start playing it again because I really, really love playing this game and I want to go back into it, but uh, I don't want to ever have to feel like uh, I need to power through again. And since it's only a couple weeks away and uh, I'm digging Stormland so much right now, uh, I think I can wait to get back into Boneworks. Yeah, yeah, really. Every time I I watch footage, I want to play it, but I I've talk myself out of it every time it's like no you're not doing it so and you know what never really occurred to me you know most most games you know add content over time but for some reason when i think about boneworks i've always thought of it as a finished product in terms of content you know obviously there'll be fixes and things like what we were talking about here but they've said in terms of future content updates additional arena modes and challenges are in development along with new guns, weapons, and tools. I hope so. You, you know, they just made millions of dollars. <laughs> Let's put some money back in. It's good. It's good, right? They're doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. But for some reason, it never dawned on me that they might actually give us more content with this thing. Uh, I think that's great. Yeah. You know, I, I love it as it is. 
yeah it's definitely good it's definitely something that like i said it's unique wants me i want to go back into it but um i'm with you i'm definitely not touching it until they uh patch it yeah i've been storm lands all i've played this this entire week now that said uh uh i did go ahead and and delete asgard's wrath and reinstall it so i could have the latest version i'm probably going to have to start over again in it i imagine uh, but I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm. it's been long enough now since I've played it. I kind of want to start over in it. Oh, you shouldn't have to, if you, and if you don't want to. I mean, I've, I, every time I upload or update it, I delete it and re-download it because of their weird crap. And, yeah, uh, but I don't cloud save. I always play this one offline with hmm. my internet disconnected. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, well, for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so yeah, it'll work. I guess it, like you said, you get to get to re go through it again. Just make sure you put it oh, I, put it on the, mortal. Out of all the out of all the new games, this Asgard Draft is the one I've played the least. Uh, and like I said, it's been a long time since I played it, so I'm kind of okay with going back to it. Right now, all I'm playing Stormlands anyway. I've put four or five hours into that this week, despite all the content that we've had you know we said we were going to take last week off of the of our shows <laughs> to prepare for the uh 2019 show and what ended up happening was our most content filled week that we've ever had on this channel and uh i've still be despite all of that have managed to put four or five hours in the stormland so i feel like i'm doing pretty good yeah it's real good uh i I, well, I'll talk to you off air about the progress I've made, but a lot of the things that you told me that I've uh, needed to do, I've actually come into over the last couple of oh, days. Oh, good. Uh, good. Some of the upgrades and stuff that I need. I'm finally starting to see that stuff. Uh, one more bit of news, and it's a pretty cool looking one. Again, another developer very close to Valve, just like with the uh, Stress Level Zero. Uh, Vertigo Remaster was announced this past week. Uh, a popular VR title from 2016, Vertigo, will be remastered and re-released using updates and assets from its upcoming sequel, Vertigo 2. Um, developer Zach Brown, or Zach, I, I want, I'm going to butcher his name, Roots. It's Zach Syakalis Brown from Zalubo Productions announced the remaster on Twitter alongside almost 10 minutes of gameplay footage. Uh, Vertigo Remastered is a complete overhaul of the 2016 title utilizing modern tech, brand new systems created for Vertigo 2, updated level design, enemies and bosses. The owners of the original Vertigo will be able to play the remaster for free and it goes currently for $15 on steam roots um i've never played vertigo but from what i've heard with what everybody says about vertigo is that uh it's a great concept it could have been delivered better uh but it's still a, a really good game it seems like uh this developer has taken the time to go back and take vertigo and help it realize its original potential uh did you ever play vertigo and uh if so what do you think about this uh remaster idea i have not actually i'm kind of excited to see that they're doing a remaster so i can see it the way it was supposed to be done 
And I know, was it Zim or somebody was saying they were looking forward more to Vertigo 2 than Half-Life Alex. So um, I'm assuming Vertigo must be pretty good, right? I mean, if it's better than Alex. Well, the, the Vertigo 2 demo was highly praised. You know, people said that thing was awesome. And uh, so the, the fact that, that he's redoing his original Vertigo, basically in his new engine, redesigning levels, new enemies, the whole nine, and doing it for free for people who already bought the thing. I mean, that's pretty freaking awesome, if you ask me. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Yeah, I think the, I think the original's even on... Uh, it might even be on Viport. I wonder if they'll update it to the remaster on Viport. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I say that, uh, you know, Vertigo has a heavy Half-Life vibe to it. And I say that the uh, developer, uh, Zach Brown, uh, has ties to Valve. What I mean by that is this guy worked for two years at Valve. He's a very young man. He's he's in his early twenties, uh, but he just finished a two year stint at Valve, and um, apparently this guy's a prodigy. I mean, he he really he's really good, and uh, he, I mean anybody who's walking away from Valve to do their own thing must be really talented, right? Yeah, especially if they're taking it and and putting it into these games and making them amazing. So um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see that, and kind of makes makes me. Um, look forward to seeing it more you know yeah me too and and like especially the remaster you know i was kind of excited for uh vertigo 2 but i'm way more excited to see this vertigo remaster now and the fact that the that i get to play this vertigo remaster makes me more excited for the sequel because now i can start at the beginning move through the sequel and again a lot of uh, Half-Life references here, a lot of heavy Half-Life vibe. So hopefully we'll get this stuff before Alex releases and uh, us Half-Life versions will be down with the program by the time March gets here. Yeah. Man, it's so coming so quick, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast the time's going these days. But... Um, with that said, the time has come and gone on this episode. That's going to bring us into everybody's favorite segment, and that is the Monday Show Roots. Uh, we did manage to, uh, to, to plan out a pretty solid Monday show for this week. Uh, what are we going to be playing this week? Ah, Budget Cuts 2, finally. Uh, it's one of these games that came out, I don't even know how long ago has this been. It's been almost a month, right? A few weeks, yeah. It came out, and it's there was so much going on. I still have yet to step foot one in this game, um, but uh, I'm excited to check it out and talk about it. You know, Roots, I always thought this game looked pretty cool and was interested in trying it out, but as I read on the Discord how much frustration people are having and how hard the end of this game is, it's making me even more excited to try it out. I like a good challenge in VR. I like challenging stealth, and... Um, I want to see what everybody's talking about. I want to see this nightmare scenario that people keep pulling their hair out over. Yeah, there's a couple people that have like decided to quit not playing or just quit playing the game, right? They're done. Um, I think Main Fan's the only one that I know of that's finished it. And he, it's funny because in the Discord, he's like trying to egg people on to play it because he wants to hear him complain about how bad it is. 
And that's just meme fan. That's just our Justin, you know? And yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. So, you know, Roots, uh, budget cuts too wasn't the only one that kind of fell through the cracks during this holiday season and the madness that ensued. Uh, Theta Legion VR uh, also came out. And, you know, this one we reported on uh, a month, month and a half ago that this one was in development. And shortly thereafter, I mean, this thing hit the uh, uh, the digital shelves and we had it all of a sudden. Uh, we meant to get around to playing it because it looks super cool. Uh, but again, so much stuff going on with the channel, with uh, Christmas, with family, with all the other games that came out. Uh, we never got around to this one yet. And uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out because, again, as far as these retro games look, uh, this one... Uh, looks a lot cooler than most in my opinion well and that, that's one of the things that people forget too is like i've said before you know if it's done right something like this can almost make you feel like you're inside of an old school game like that you played back in the day and you're not looking at the graphics thing oh these aren't that don't look that good um you're thinking wow this looks amazing because it's what it is and that they've already patched us a couple times i was just reading that like one guy was saying in his um review that he wished that they did something different with the water that the water wasn't reflecting right or something and then he edited it like the next day and was like wow the devs have already fixed it it looks amazing and every it was like every one was five star review and uh, granted there was only like 10 or something on there but you know I, I think that's good sign that there's not any negatives and that everybody's raving about it so well i can't speak to the dev yet on a basis of uh, uh, of updating the game. I've never had to give feedback on it yet, but I can tell you for a fact, my dealings with this developer uh, have been great. This dude seems really cool, really easy to get along with. He, when, when I asked him for review access, he was excited to let us try his game out. And uh, that's not always the case. A lot of the time these guys, you know, it's, it's hard to even get them to respond to you at all. Uh, not this guy. He got straight back to me, was more than happy to let us have access to it. So uh, I can say that at least on that front, this guy is uh, really cool and really easy to work with. Man, looks like a really cool game. Makes me, reminds me, whatever happened to the Jesus radar, dude? I'm just looking at the radar, but what happened to my Jesus radar, dude? God. I need to check back with him. Last I talked to him, uh, he was completely going to rebuild the animations in that game because uh, he changed a few things uh, with the AI and it ended up breaking some of the animations. And uh, he he pushed himself so hard to try to get that thing out on Halloween that he was kind of burnt out. Mm. Uh, after he missed his deadline, he said he wasn't going to set dates for it anymore and he would just uh, announce it when it was ready. And... Uh, he kind of intimated that it would be ready around Christmas, but he didn't say it. He's mm. like, you know, if it takes till Christmas, then it takes till Christmas. But, uh, so Christmas has come and gone. I probably should uh, check back with that guy. So uh, I will. And I'll let you guys know. What was the name of that one again? Uh, that was Shall uh, Rise. Right? Beast Shall Rise. Yeah. So uh, I'll check in with the Beast Shall Rise dev, see what he has to say. See if uh, we're looking at more months, weeks, or, or days. And uh, I'll give you guys an update on that one. Cool. All right. So uh, Monday Show 20, Budget Cuts 2, Theta Legion VR. And we are also going to uh, look forward 
to all of the great titles that have already been announced for 2020. Roots, uh, we just got done with the 2019 show recapping uh, VR's best year in terms of software. Uh, I think 2020 is going to be better. Oh, I know it's going to be better. Man, Saints and Sinners, dude. I, uh, we're less than three weeks away. I'm going to be uh, Lucille-ing it up. And uh, I am going to be Lucille-ing it up. I, I think anybody that doesn't get the $10 digital extra stuff, I question your soul. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I, why would you not want to have Rick's gun? I do question your logic. Like, have his gun, man. You know, you need to have Lucille. You need all the extra bells and whistles. I agree. I don't need the unicorn backpack, no. but I do need me my Lucille. <laughs> I don't want the backpack. So, uh... <laughs> anyway, that's going to be the Monday show. It's uh, promising to be a really good one. Uh, I, we're going to do the Monday show uh, a day later this week. We're going to do the live premiere on Tuesday because uh, basically what happened was that the 2019 show was such a massive undertaking it put us recording uh, Virtual Strangers show a little bit late. So rather than release Virtual Strangers and Monday show right on top of each other, we're going to put a day in between them. Uh, we're going to do Virtual Strangers on Sunday. We're going to do Monday show on Tuesday this week. So look for that Tuesday evening. Uh, look for the Monday show 20. All right. With that said, We'd like to thank you folks for watching. Uh, we'd like for, to ask you to please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Every subscriber makes a huge difference to our channel. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to make that big push to 1,000 subs in the first part of the year. Uh, so please, if you guys haven't already, subscribe. Click the bell. If you want to join the conversation, there's a Discord invitation in the description. Feel free to join our Discord. It's growing just as fast as our channel is growing. Uh, so we'll see you there, folks. Um, so, yeah, again, we'd like to thank you guys for watching. For Roots, I'm Wes. We'll see you tomorrow, friends. Bye-bye. Take it easy.